Canada. It is the Wrestling Perspective Podcast.com. I'm Dennis Farrell. He's P.D. Williams. Uh, how's she going, eh? I'm, I'm not even sure why I said, oh, Canada. Like, we're exclusively in Canada now or some, something. We're recording in America, but yet it's the Canadian National Anthem. Yeah, I'll tell you, man. Like, earlier today, I'm with my, my, my daughters and my son. And, you know, they've seen me wrestle at shows before. And, like, they start the Canada, Canada chant all the time. Like, I don't know if the crowd does or whatever. But in the middle of like, I want to say like the grocery store today when we're just doing some grocery shopping, she starts a Canada chant. And I'm like, dude, what is going on? Like, why are you starting this chant right now? But, um, you know, kids will be kids and we're not in Canada. We're in the U.S., but you just played the Canadian National Anthem. I, I played your entrance music. That's what I did. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it just I guess it follows me everywhere. I don't know. We have a lot to get to this podcast. We are going to play wrestler or adult film actor, actress or actor. So if you have kids that are listening, uh, you may not want them to listen to the second half of the show. We will give you a warning with the very special guest, Mrs. Destroyer, Petey Williams' wife. Petey, that's kind of cool. Yeah, I you know it's been a while since we've had her on, um, and I'm excited for this uh, you know big return of uh, wrestler or porn star. I mean, it is what it is, but you know I think we kept it really PG. A lot of like uh, innuendos um, that uh, she actually referenced more than either of us did. She's quick witted like that, um, but I, I'm excited for this. I mean, this is I know we said we were gonna keep this like a you know, a regular occurrence, like a regular act on the, on the show, but uh, we haven't. It's like um, WrestleMania. So we brought her back. Yeah, right? Like, I mean, hey, if we haven't done this in a while, let's do it. That's so, right. So, uh, you know, maybe we can uh, – Who? we'd like to say, hey, maybe it's a more frequent thing, but it's probably not going to be. I mean, you're probably not going to hear again from her until probably right around WrestleMania season. <laughs> That's right. Uh, what else? We have the fan question this week. It's something new that we started called 231-930-2053. That's our 24-hour, seven-day-a-week hotline. You can ask a question for this or the Dugcast. Just leave your name where you're calling for, and what show you want to talk to. You can ask questions. You can leave comments for us to talk about. You can answer this week's burning fan question. Petey, the question is, as a fan, would you be mad if any current member of the Bullet Club makes the jump to the WWE? Don't answer that just yet because that's a topic you and I will discuss a little bit later. Okay. All right. Well, let's. I won't answer that then, but uh, I do have my feelings on it both ways you know you know me dennis i'm i can see it from this point of view i can also see it from this point of view so i mean we'll discuss that later you are the world's greatest fence writer <laughs> you know i i'm just i'm i'm the world's greatest no no I'll you write the, the fence benefit of the doubt like that, that's, that's just the way it is and we i can see it as a glass half empty half full that kind of thing i i, I can get everybody the benefit of the doubt and also, PD, we are going to throw at the end of this a pre-recorded interview with you, myself, and one Chris Sabin on the end of this episode. Yes, Chris Sabin, um, good friend of mine for many, many years in pro wrestling. We caught up to him at uh, Border City Wrestling 25th anniversary show. I've been wanting to have him on the show. I didn't really want to do a phone one. I want to do it face to face. And it's it, sweetest guy, man, Chris Sabin. Um, a lot has happened in his career, both good and bad. 
Uh, and it was uh, it was really good to talk to him. All right, let's let's start out with some questions I have for me to you and comments. Uh, one of the burning questions that people want me to ask you, and I'm not sure how it affects impact going forward, or if you guys were even aware of this when you were doing your recordings and your pay-per-view, but Impact's move to the 10 p.m. time slot on Pop TV. Uh, can you walk me through a little bit about what you knew about this or know now about this move? I think I found out maybe on, so we had the Bound for Glory on Sunday, TV tapings Monday and Tuesday. Uh, I found out about it in that time frame, maybe Monday night or something. Um, I, somebody said something like, yeah, when we get moved to 10 o'clock, and I said, 10 o'clock? Uh, when is that happening? And they're like, this Thursday, which it wasn't this Thursday because this past Thursday did air at 8, correct? Right, correct. Yes? Okay. It is so this I, Thursday, I, I believe. Thursday. Yeah. So I, I think the big thing, and I hope I'm not giving anything away because I heard uh, kind of them talking about it's like uh, impact after dark kind of deal. Um, so, I mean. Um, Does, let me ask you, you this. You, let me okay. ask you this. Is this something Impact asked for, or is this something the TV station did? Because usually when stations start moving around time slots for shows, that that signals maybe a death blow, which would create a whole bunch of rumors now for what happens to Impact next. Do you know a little bit about that? Uh, so I'll preface this with I don't know anything about our TV contract other than that it's up, I believe, at the end of the year. Mm -hmm. That's the only thing I know. Um, as for how the time slot movement works, I don't know. I could only speculate. So this is me speculating. Um, you know, maybe it's been, let me see. I, I don't even know how long we've been with pop to tell you the truth, but it's like, Hey, you know, if their contract's going to be up in December, once again, speculation, then, you know, let's put our, you know, the, the, the shows that we want on these time frames Cause you know, eight o'clock is a good like prime time slot. And you know, if we move to 10 o'clock, it's like, okay, we're at the primetime slot. I believe the highest rated show on pop TV was uh, the, I, I don't even know what it's called, but whatever's on right before Impact Wrestling on Thursdays at 8, that was our lead-in, which is good. I mean, that's what you need. You always need a good lead-in mm -hmm. um, for your TV show. So maybe they were thinking like, hey, you know, we don't want to build impact i i don't i honestly don't know what they're thinking but they're like hey we're looking at this show i don't know what airs now thursdays at eight o'clock but maybe it's like hey that's the next show they want to build so let's uh you know have our that our, our lead in um into that show be something you know big so i maybe they're I, and it's interesting i don't even know what's taking over our time slot i don't but uh you know i mean, I mean that's probably what they're doing they're probably like hey you know let's angle like you know stuff that's in our network and then what we're going to be building upon. What does the move to 10 o'clock do for the, the structure and writing of the show? Do you guys become a little more risque now that you're a little bit later in the evening? Uh, you got, you were part of the future, uh, you know, structure of the shows going forward. Had, did you notice a little bit change in how the show will start being written, produced and, and shown on TV? No, and I mean, it's probably not going to change. And once again, speculation, because, you know, the, the way pop TV is, it's, you know, for the most part, PG rated. Um, we don't want to do anything too risque because then, you know, with any any programming, you know, they come to be like, hey, why are you guys doing this? All that kind of stuff. Plus, you guys um, are kind of so 
I would say you guys are still kind of auditioning because at the end of the year, your contract's up. You're going to want either Pop TV or another network to to invest in your product. You don't want to take this due time slot for granted. Start doing a little bit more risque programming and then have to totally change it if you go to a network that is into that stuff. Exactly, because back like in 2004-ish, um, you know, when Impact started in 2002, like back in the national days when it was TNA, I mean, we showed boobs on our TV, like on our live TV show. And we had like, we were swearing and cursing and stuff. And then we had to really tone that down because, hey, guess what? Um, we're going to be signing with Fox Sportsnet. And now we're going to be filming at Universal Studios. So now we have to be like a PG type product. So, yeah, I mean, you don't want to go too far into the like too far to one end of the spectrum and or you don't want to be too G rated either. You want to kind of keep in the middle. And that's what we're going to keep doing. And we already filmed all our TV shows. So what we already filmed, that's what you're going to get. And to us, at impact, I believe it's like, hey, we're going to still be given the same product that we promised to deliver to all the fans is just going to be at a different time slot. And right now, like time slots, Dennis, for real, like in, in this day and age with DVR and TiVo or all that kind of stuff, time slot doesn't really matter. I mean, people are going to be like, hey, find Impact Wrestling on their DVR. Oh, it's not at 8 now. It's at 10 o'clock. All right, let's DVR it at 10. I'm still going to watch the product. I think more important is making it available on the internet for people using either the app or you know youtube or even on your own website which i don't think impact is that accessible on the web is it maybe it is now i i don't have the app because you know impact doesn't give me the app yeah i mean i think uh right now we're in the middle of revamping i don't know if it's the revamping is the right word but like making it making our app the the global wrestling network like more user-friendly um and so like right now with our contract with pop TV, it's, uh, you know, say the last Thursday, um, impact TV show aired, you got to wait 10 days from the air for it to be available on the GWN app. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's there. It just, right now we want it to be more user friendly. Um, but I mean, if you look at it, pop TV, like with, you know, a TV contract and stuff with commercials, advertising and all that kind of stuff. You know, that that's that's where the money is. That's where your bread and butter is. I mean, there's no, you know, um, you know, denying that mm-hmm. uh, the TV contract is where it's at. You know, I mean, it, could we be all exclusive? Like, hey, all our shows are going to be on the app. Great. But, you know, we have to that's just people buying the app. If you don't have the app, then you're not going to see the product. You know, you almost want to always get it on free TV and that's, you know, where it kind of comes in. I mean, it'd be great. It'd be absolutely great if like everybody was like, yeah, I love Impact Wrestling. I'll buy the app and that's good to go. Then you won't need a TV, um, you know, a TV show. You just air everything on the app. But unfortunately in this world, it doesn't work like that. If it did work like that, then WWE would just be doing their app. They wouldn't have the USA Network and all that kind of stuff. Does I was listening to Busted Open Radio with Bully Ray and Dave LaGreca. It's a show that I am starting to really get into because, I, you know, hosting a wrestling podcast, I don't want to listen to other wrestling opinions. I, I mm-hmm. want everything I say to, to be authentic to me, not to, 
you know, piggyback off someone else's. If I bring up a topic, I want to think I'm bringing it up, not because I heard it somewhere else. But Bully was talking about, I don't even remember what subject he was talking about, but he brought up Impact's locker room makeup, and he speculated now, and he even admitted that he, he hasn't really been in touch or, or know anything about the Impact's locker room. But he speculated that Eli Drake was the locker room leader. Now, I can I, I want to speak from what I've seen, and, and I want to talk to you about this, because I don't think Eli Drake is a locker room leader from everything I've seen. Now, honestly, I don't know if I can pick out a locker room leader in Impact. From being around, things I've seen, I've been to a number of shows, so I feel like I'm at least qualified to be part of this discussion with you. Hmm. That's a great question. That is, um, man. Uh, would you agree wow. it's not? Okay. Would you agree it's not Eli Drake? Not say this is I, not a knock on Eli Drake. Some guys are leaders. Some guys come to work. You know, Eli Drake's a nice guy. He's interactive. He, he hangs out. But I don't view him as a locker room leader from what I've seen. Um. That that's a good question, Eli Drake. Yeah, like I said, he's awesome talent. Like he can go out there and kill it on, you know, dream interview promo. My dream all interview, that kind of stuff. I have, for over a year now, I begged you to get Eli Drake on. So he's a dream interview. I am a huge Eli Drake slappy. Let let me say that right out the bat when talking about this. No, I think you and you and I are both. We both agree how we feel about Eli Drake. I love Eli Drake. I saw some of those. His promos and stuff like that, Bound for Glory, TV taping is coming up. I'm a huge Eli Drake fan, but I don't know if he's a locker room leader. When I think a locker room leader, it's like, hey, you know, anybody could go to this person, this locker room leader for advice or whatever. Um, you know, is it a Tommy Dreamer? Okay, maybe. Tommy Dreamer's not there all the time. You know, I mean, he's there maybe every other TV taping, but he's also an agent. He also helps produce some of the, uh, you know, uh, some of the, some part of the show. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I don't know who a locker room leader What about would Abyss? Be. Abyss? Yeah. yeah, but once again, Abyss is also an agent. He's also head of a, you know, uh, I wouldn't call him talent relations, but like when guys get uh, independent bookings outside of Impact, uh, he's ahead of that. Um, so, you know, okay, so maybe, maybe Impact Maybe has a little twist on it, like, hey, our locker room leaders that are guys that wrestle or that can wrestle, as well as our also behind the scenes agents. Because if that's the case, like you have somebody like, you know, Tommy Dreamer, who's agent and wrestles, Abyss, who agents and, you know, doesn't really wrestle, but when the time comes for him to, you know, do a run in or whatever, he can do that. Um, you know, like myself, I wrestle and agent. You know, you have uh, Sanjay Dutt, doesn't really wrestle anymore, but he's, Head of creative. So, I mean, are those guys locked leaders? But but why can they I, yeah, not Yeah, I would say yeah. But, I mean, they don't wrestle, though, right next to you. Like, I mean, they're, they're part of the creative or agenting process. Well, um, okay. You know, maybe, like, somebody in the X Division, like, Matt Seidel. Like, he has a lot of, like, he's been around for a long time, and I see him a lot, Matt, a lot with the X Division guys and other guys. Like, hey, man, why'd you do this? You should do this instead because of this, that, and the other thing. Um, so that's a, that's a good question, Dennis. 
Now, I, I, I've seen Seidel step up and, and have led yep. some things here and there. I don't know if I could call Johnny Impact a locker room leader. Well-liked. Uh, I don't think I'd call Moose a locker room leader. Uh, maybe Sammy Callahan, uh, for what he's known, where he's been, the fact that he might be one of the best heels right now in wrestling, but he's very approachable. You see him talking to everybody. You know, the second... Everybody starts going to stretch out at the ring and put their matches together. He's there to the very end. I, I Sammy is one of those guys. I, I could view Sammy Callahan maybe as a locker room leader. And he's come out and said, I want to be a locker room leader. I want to be the man who rebuilds impact. And I, I respect that from that guy. Yeah, no, I'll tell you, like, straight up, I love Sammy. All right. I mean, Sammy, uh, we've talked about him before. Uh, many times. And I, I think he's like probably one of the greatest heels, if not like the greatest heel right now that we have an impact um, that's here in our there. So um, yeah, but I've seen Sammy say stuff like, you know, go up to people afterwards and, and give them advice and stuff like that. So I think he has the making of being a locker room leader in impact. Definitely 100%. I believe that. Um, but right now, you know, he's like on such a climb, like he's, I don't even think he's reached his peak yet, to tell you the truth. No. On what he can accomplish, like as being a heel and all that kind of stuff. So right now, you know, and that's what that's what's tough about being a locker room leader. It's like you have to worry about you and your own craft and building your character. And you know, at the same time, and that's what Stanley does. He's worrying about him, his character, building his own character, his storylines and stuff. And I see him like reach out to other people and help out. And I definitely with a lot of the Ohio guys, like. You know, recent signees like Zachary Wentz and stuff like that. I see him bring up a lot of his his, uh, his Ohio boys like Ace Austin and all that kind of stuff. Like he he's bringing guys to the table and stuff like that because I believe like you know he he has uh, not a value in the product but like an interest in the product and you know he wants to see it build and that's what a locker room leader does pretty much and and that's what I've strived to be. It's like you know this last set of tapings. I didn't wrestle one single match. I had one quick backstage segment, but like I'm there to make sure these next, you know, set of group or this next generation gets over and is able to, you know, be the big stars that they're meant to be. So would you call yourself a locker room leader? Um, you know, see, that's that's a tough question because right now a lot of people view me as what they call office in WWE or not in WWE, but like, you know, in wrestling in general, like there's like, Oh, he's office, he's office. But like, you know, I still wrestle and stuff, but yeah, of course, like, you know, I'm an agent and all that kind of stuff. But, um, it's tough when you agent, it's tough to be a locker room leader because they'll say, no, he's office instead. And obviously office, like what you, what you say goes kind of deal. So that's, that's a really tricky question in this instance okay all right do you want to be a leader i mean do you think you could handle it absolutely absolutely like i've always and i think anybody whose matches i agent like and i tell them straight up i say listen guys this is even when they had a phenomenal match like what match did i just watch um that's coming up in this tv tapings i think it was like rich swan and willie mack man they have an awesome 10 Thing might have been 11 minute match and it was it was great i encourage you to watch it i don't know which i don't know if it's gonna be on this thursday or next thursday 
but it was it was so awesome like these guys just killed it and like but i and they know that they killed it but what i focus on is like what can i like what advice can i give them what constructive criticism i give them to just make it that much better you know and i'm giving them like i'm like really really nitpicking just so they know next time don't do it and you're gonna get like that much more from your match and it's gonna make that 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 whatever let's say four star match i don't want to use a star rating but like that awesome match even better than it was and and that's what i strive for because i'm not going to tell these guys like hey man your backflip was wrong or your 450 or your phoenix flash was on no i'm gonna like hey you know instead of putting your hand on this guy's head to do a kick out you should have had your arms down and that's and then i would have bought the finish more and all that kind of stuff so um yeah obviously i strive for that because i want to see these guys like be the best that they could possibly be absolutely all right, and let's move on because there we could go down a rabbit hole of bringing up names, and I, we haven't even mentioned guys like I, I view Eddie Edwards as a locker room leader. So I mean, there yeah. there are names that we haven't brought up, and it, I don't want it to feel like we're disrespecting anybody. But this was just from my point of view, and then hearing somebody throw out another name, I thought it'd be interesting to bring it, bring it up and, and talk about the makeup because. I'll give a little inside baseball, Pete, and I, I'm gonna, you know, talk a little bit not about what they do and who they are, but the makeup of the locker room is usually there's one big room where the majority of the talent will will set their bags. Then there's a couple other rooms. There's a female locker room. Uh, some other talent have their own little locker rooms. You know, the, the, not everybody dresses in the same spot. Then usually where the pre-tapes take place, the backstage segments, stuff like that, uh, people will sit and spend the majority of the time watching the monitors to watch the match, watch all the matches. So it's very spread out, and depending on the way the arena is set up, not everybody is together all the time in that locker room. No, absolutely. I mean, I think when you were around in... uh toronto when we did that anniversary and all that kind of stuff there was multiple locker rooms just because they were smaller this last one in new york we literally had like one like the third floor it was a, a huge like studio type uh floor i don't know how to put it but all the talent dressed up there minus the the females um but i mean that that's that's pretty much how it's laid out and i mean you know, it's it just, it's so tough. Like, Hey, who's the locker room leader? You know, one person that you mentioned that we haven't mentioned is like Conan, you know, is Conan a locker room leader? Yeah, I would say absolutely. You know, but he doesn't wrestle and you know, is he kind of office? Yeah. Cause he gets like, you know, um, you know, a lot of the luchadors and stuff like that, like the, the Penta, the Pentagons and the, the liaison, you know, uh, the Phoenix. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's a liaison and stuff, but he's also, I, I would say part of the office cause he's part of the office in, uh, you know, uh, AAA and stuff like that. So it's just, it's really, I mean, that's, that's a really tough question because I mean, it's almost like they're like, Hey, who's a locker room leader that the people respect. Okay. Let's also make him an agent to help out. I mean, that's what it almost seems like that they do because, you know, this guy's been around a long time. A lot of the talent respects them. Uh, they'll like, you know, seek their advice and stuff like that. Um, it's just, it's really tough to say. I mean, that's a, that's a that's a tough question. I know when you look at WWE, a lot of people say like, "Oh, Undertaker. Undertaker's a locker room leader." Everybody says that, right? And he's never been in the office or anything. But 
um, you know, maybe he hasn't gotten paid to be in the office, but uh, like, I'm sure he has a say in like the stuff that he does and does not do. Um, I don't know. I mean, that's a, that's a really, really good one, Dennis. I'll give that one to you. Oh, thanks. I wish I could take credit. But yeah. I, I got it from Bully Ray, who has a, has a decent career in this broadcasting thing. He does. And I'm sure right now he's like a locker room leader in Ring of Honor. But you know what? I mean, he was, you know, I, I look back to my time in like uh, when I was actually under contract from like 2004, 2009, you know, Bully Ray, I could see his locker room leader because, you know, I remember him pulling me aside and that's what a locker room leader does. And he's like, hey, man, if you want to get over, do this, do that oh, with your Canadian destroyer. People should never do this out of that or, or you should do this and all that kind of stuff. And he was helping me. And a lot, not a lot of people did that. The only people that did were like, you know, him, Kurt Angle and stuff. And it's what's tough is, you know, it's tough to be a locker room leader when you're like focused on your career as well. And you want to get over and you want to make the money and stuff like that. So Bully Ray, you know, I, I can give credit to it. It's like, hey, he, he really helped me. Kurt Angle really helped me. So I can't really distinguish who is our locker room leader in those in that era from the 2004, 2009, but I can definitely tell you like two guys that did help me were those two guys. Do you have a funny bully Ray or Kurt Angle story before we move on? You know, I really don't. Um, not a funny one. I just remember bully, like just bully took time, like aside. And he was like, Hey man, you know, you got probably the best finishing move in pro wrestling. You know, and, and he helped me just kind of tweak it and how to utilize it and like, you know, like how to get over with the crowd. It's like, hey, you know, if if you if you go in the ring and you turn away from the hard cam and you start saying like, you know, PD, PD, and then you turn towards the hard cam, people already be chanting it behind your back. And he's like, I'll do the same thing with like the 3D, 3D and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, Kurt Angle, the same thing, like he will pull me aside and say stuff like, Hey man, that slingshot hurricane you did, man, that was awesome. You know, like I could really see you in the main event one day and blah, 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 blah. And he would try to help me. So, um, anybody that like says anything other than like, Oh, good match or, or whatever, like actually took the time and like, Hey, let me tell you some things. And even like diamond Dallas page too, you know, back in 2004, he would pull me aside and be like, Hey man, that was awesome. This, that, and the other. Um, and I'm like, wow, this guy's really taking a liking to me. And then he says, you know what can be really good for you? I think what, what can really help you. And I'm like, yeah, man, what? Tell me anything. He's like, you should uh, get my uh, DDP yoga book. And I'm like, oh, man, this is all because he wanted me to buy the book. Um, but that wasn't the case. But he was really a cool dude, and he was trying to help me and stuff. So anybody that like – and this is to all like if any wrestlers are out there listening and are, are younger, if anybody comes up to you, and tries to give you constructive criticism. They're not trying to do that because they're trying to make you feel bad. They're trying to make you feel better. And they're trying to be like, nah, not that locker room leader. Maybe they are, but th- they have an interest in like kind of passing the torch and help you become better as well. Because I do it all the time. Any match, even if I'm not the agent for the match, I'll say, hey, you know, this is what you did better, this, that, and the other thing. All right, don't forget, guys, coming up. We're not done yet, Petey, but I'm just doing a quick oh, rewind. Okay. Coming up, we'll have the Chris Saban interview, and then we're going to play Porn Star or Wrestler. We're going to put that at the end of the show just in case you have someone, kids, that want to hear 
the Chris Saban interview. We're going to put that first and then the wrestler porn star. Let's continue. I, you know, there's a couple more questions I want to bring up and discuss with you. Uh, you know, let's talk WWE for a second. Cause you and I, we don't really talk WWE and I, yeah. you know, the burning question for the show, and we'll start playing those voicemails here in a few minutes is, you know, would you be disappointed, hurt, mad if any member of the Bullet Club right now, this Bullet Club that has changed independent wrestling, that has made a name of sticking it to the man, make a jump to the man. And I've got a ton of tweets and a ton of message board stuff to play here in a minute. But is WWE right now its own worst enemy with the way they are choking out any creative freedom that wrestlers have? I don't know if they're their own worst enemy per se. It's just that, you know, if we look at the the biggest stars right now outside of WWE, you know, if you're looking at guys like, you know, people that were in charge of all in like the Young Bucks, Cody Rhodes, all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, I mean, what happens if tomorrow Cody and the Young Bucks sign with WWE? I mean, a couple of things would happen. Uh, one, number one, the wrestling world would be like, it would be a, a huge buzz. I mean, I don't know if it would be the biggest buzz, but it would be huge. So say if we found out tomorrow, hey, Cody Rhodes and the Young Bucks are signing with you know, WWE. And then the next question would be like, all right, are they going to be the Bullet Club? How are they going to debut? All this kind of, So it would be like the biggest buzz. And you know, I'll tell you right now, it's smart on Vincent Mann's part to be like, hey, let's sign these guys to like, whatever, million-dollar contract, multi-million-dollar contracts, um, you know, just to get them, like, you know, kind of chop the legs out of what could possibly be happening with All In, and we'll sign them to us. So that a couple things happen. Cody Rhodes and the Young Bucks are like, yeah, financially, they're set. They're good to go, and they're still going to be able to, you know, wrestle. But then, you know, they're not going to be able to – do what they want to do because now the answer to Vince McMahon and the WWE. So, I mean, I, I just look at it from both ends. Like if I was in their position, or like if I was a Cody Rhodes or one of the young bucks, I mean, what would I want to do? Would I want to have my freedom and do what I want to do and make like decent money? Or would I be like, you know what? I'll do what Vince wants to do, but I'll make really good money. And then, you know, ride that ship. And then when it's done, I could always go back to what I was doing. But then again, you know, when you're done riding that ship, are you still like that good after, you know, you quit WWE? Right now you have something. You never, you know, I mean, right. I, I, don't, I don't know what to say. I mean, it's, it's really tough, Dennis. It's so, so there, I, I could see it from both ends, kind of. So there are two, two ways of viewing this as a businessman yeah. where you want to make the most money in the most limited time you have in the wrestling industry. That's the WWE. That's every kid's goal. When And I've said this on many different podcasts when, when people ask me this. When you're in your backyard playing pretend baseball or you're playing Sandlot football, you're not acting like you're in the CFL or minor league baseball. You're in the major leagues, and no. that's what the WWE yeah. is. So I understand that. Now, from a fan's point of view, this I, I would equate this to 
selling out grunge music. You you have rebuilt the independent scene off the off the back in the notion of screw the man. All in was to stick it to the man. Booking Madison Square Garden, Vince McMahon's backyard right now is sticking it to the man. And you're gonna sell me as a fan that this is what you want. This is this is who you are. You're anti-establishment now. And the first chance you get, you go work for them. You you crush everything. You set the independent scene back 15 years now. Be- I, I truly believe if these guys made the jump, I and, and this is something I wish they would take into account, what would happen to the independent scene if they make the jump? Because they're not going to be creative. Being the elite, t- the, the YouTube show will go away. There's no way Vince McMahon will allow them to have it. All in, there's not going to be another all in. Someone may try it and it will fail miserably because it's no longer about the establishment. The guys that built this up made the jump for bigger money. Well, then we're going to expect that again because now all they're doing is taking our money and jump into the WWE the first chance they get. This this could cripple. I, I truly believe it. I'm not trying to like fear monger or anything, but this could honestly tri- cripple independent wrestling it could set it back because this is the best independent wrestling has ever been and it's and it's built off of we love you the fans uh granted there's a lot of uh please open up your wallets and pay our rent i i understand that but it's it's built off screw the establishment yeah no and i agree and i think that okay hypothetically speaking if Cody, the Young Bucks, or whoever is going to join the WWE joins the WWE, I think that the first storyline would be like what you just said: the anti-establishment. We're better than WWE, like you know, we're the Indies, all that kind of stuff. But how long does that last for? You know, you're going to do that storyline. Maybe, maybe if you're lucky, it'll play out for six months. Maybe. I look at the WCW invasion angle on WWE. Mind you, they didn't do it right. We've already talked about all that stuff. But it only goes for so long. And then what? What happens once that storyline's done? It would be the hottest angle in wrestling if, you know, Cody and the Young Bucks, Bucks join the WWE. It would be a hottest storyline for six months. But then after that, okay, they're, you they're, know what? You guys are still under contract. Now what do we do? Now you have to go into our regular wwe storylines with our regular all that kind of stuff and now you're just doing the job kind of in the mix yeah they're yeah the the young bucks will start doing the job to the bar and whatever tag teams around and we'll all scratch our head it'd be like bobby root really if we all scratch our head and be like what happened and that's assuming that they don't go to nxt i mean i i I, but, but yeah i mean not necessarily because I mean, when you look at guys like – so I look at it before all that kind of stuff, like when Benoit and Guerrero and Malenko all came in. Like, you know, they, they came in, did that little, you know, Radicals invasion storyline, and then went. And then they kind of like, you know, kind of went into their spot, and Benoit did this. And then Eddie Guerrero ended up, you know, being a – they weren't doing jobs. You know, that's not what I'm worried about. They're not doing jobs. just that They're just going to be put into the mix with the storyline. I mean, Eddie Guerrero – you know, he started doing the Mamacita thing, Latino Heat, all this kind of stuff, and you know the the the, the lie, cheat, steal, all that. But you know, I mean, it's it's up in the air as as if like you know what 
what's going to happen after the storyline. I mean, that's what I'm concerned about. Because sometimes it flops. Sometimes it's like, hey, yeah, okay, you're part of the roster. You can, you know, go on and do your own thing. But you just, you, you don't know. But I can see it. I definitely can see it from the, from their point of view. It's like, hey, you know, we've been doing this for a long time. Let's go for a regular weekly paycheck. Let's let let's do this. I can definitely see it from that point of view. Here are a couple comments that we had on the Facebook page. This came from Colby Cooper. Uh, in my opinion, it would all have pro- proven to be a fraud if all the people that ran the show jumped ship to the WWE. Uh, all in was supposed to be about the highlighted alternatives after all. So yeah, I'd lose respect for the elite if they went over there. I agree with them, honestly. Uh, Thomas Ford says, You know how Vince feels about the indies. You know how this is going to go. Besides, nobody has ever seen Anderson Gallows on TV as of late. So the Young Bucks would get lost in the shuffle just like them if they did decide to show up. But, you know, if they went, it would be strictly a financial issue, right? Yeah, absolutely. And you know what? I think of that same thing. Like, hey, Bullet Club, you know, Anderson and Gallows and all that kind of stuff. Like, you just don't know what's going to happen with, you know, these individuals. You just don't. Like, you, you hope for the best, and you're like, eh. You know, and I think that's why. Think about it. If Anderson and Gallows didn't have, like, the Bullet Club in the background, what, like, I mean, people are still pulling for these guys, like, on the Indies. Like, hey, man, yeah, okay, this is their push coming up. Okay, it's coming now. Like, just, oh, no, they lost. Okay, but you know what? This next feud is going to be their push coming up. Okay, oh, they lost it. And it just goes on and on, and I think – you know, if if they don't have if they didn't have that Bullet Club indie background, nobody would care about them. So, and by the and man, by the way, it's really tough. You cannot compare, by the way, Anderson Gallows and even uh, what what's the other guy that just recently made the jump, uh, Adam Cole, to this incarnation yep. of the Bullet Club because then they were just guys in the Bullet Club. Now the elite, the Bullet Club. They're starting to do things to change the landscape of wrestling. So for Adam Cole, Gallows, even Finn Balor making the jump, I feel like it's a totally different scenario than the Young Bucks, Kenny Omega, and Cody. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, if I was Vince, okay, I'm just looking at this, not from a wrestling perspective, but from a business perspective. If I was Vince, I'd be like, yeah, let's offer them all a – uh, you know, a lot of money, million dollars more, whatever, get him signed with us. And then we can do what we want. And, you know, and he's got the money. Vince has the money to do it. Why not do it? I mean, if I was looking at it from a business perspective, I mean, these- and now, you know, if I say, if I'm the young bucks as well, I'm looking at this from a business perspective. I'm like, okay, I can go out there and hustle every single week at my merch table at, you know, ring of honor at all this kind of stuff and do all my own legwork and all that kind of stuff. Or I could sign on the dotted line and make millions of dollars. Yep. What sounds easier and what's the best for my family? That's what you have to think of. You know, I mean, it depends. It depends what you want to do. It's like, hey, you just want to make a, you know, a few million here, or do you want to potentially make millions? It's like sometimes people just want to take the easy road and be like, okay, you know, let's take make a couple million. My family will be set, and I'm good to go. Uh, here's a couple tweets here. After the success of All In, they've shown that they don't need to go to the WWE. By the way, this is from DJG83. 
So at this mm-hmm. point, yes, I would lose respect. When AJ went, it was a different story. The landscape is changing. For it, uh, for it to continue, these guys are needed. I, I 100% agree. Uh, by the way, I'm going to get to the voicemail too. Uh, I don't lose respect for wrestlers. I lose respect for the cause. Uh, this comes from uh, Cody, our good friend Cody, who left a voicemail last week, I believe. Uh, when mm-hmm. when there are so many great opportunities out there, the E should be a last resort. Uh, and, and we've highlighted that it would be financial. But, but before I get to the voicemail, let me throw this question out at you. Cody, the Young Bucks, Omega, these guys all make this unprecedented jump to the WWE, right? Or they trickle in, let's say. When their contract's up, maybe they're happy, maybe they're not. But let's say they leave the WWE. Would they be welcomed again on the independent circuit? Oh, man. That's the question right there. Like, if they were to leave the WWE after they won it, would they be welcomed? Boy, see, that's tough. I don't think uh, they would have the same stroke they I don't did. Think so. I think the fans would still love them. You, the, the fans will still go up, get their pictures. But their days of doing an all-in event, selling out Madison Square Garden, are done for. I, yeah. I, I think they're, they're, at a, still... they're at a different level right there yes. because now, now they're XWWE guys. Yeah, that's what they are. Yep. And, and and you've already proven that whatever cause you sold us on before you went was all for nothing. And that's how I feel as a fan. Now, as a businessman, hey. Go make your money all you can because you never know when you're going to break that leg and it's all gone. I understand that part of it. I will never knock anybody for taking taking the money over anything else, especially in wrestling where if you don't show up to a show, you don't get paid. So <laughs> I get that. But as a fan who supports some sort of cause that you're selling to me and then you just make the jump like that, I don't know if I can believe that ever again out of their mouths. All right, let's let's listen to a couple of your questions here. 231-930-2053 is the hotline number. Uh, I want to say thank you to everybody who's called in. Unfortunately, I don't know if you guys waited till the end or just kind of hung up, but we had a ton of phone calls, a few voicemails. So, you know, thank you for calling. I get to see who calls, by the way. So thank you for calling. Stick it out. Leave a voicemail. We got a ton of voicemails here. Let me start just picking down an order here. Uh, Here we go. First voicemail of the night will be... Here we go. Here we go. As to the question for the Bullet Club, no, I would not be upset with any of those guys for making the jump to WWE, considering you have to just go where the money's at. If you're going to make more money in WWE, you're going to be seen by more fans in your country, then go for it. Plus, I think everybody that doesn't have a subscription to New Japan Pro Wrestling can see them more often when they're in the WWE. So, as to the question, no. I would be 100% okay with them coming over to the WWE. All right. All right. So, we have a Republican there. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, Here we go. I'm not saying what, I'm, what I am. Would the Bullet Club um, yeah, lose I, respect? If they went to the WWE, this is Doc from Sterling Heights. I don't think so at all. The WWE is the place where everybody can showcase their platform. It's the biggest company in the world. You never begrudge anybody for going to the biggest company because it provides great opportunities for your family, provides great opportunities to build your brand. 
what better place to go than the WWE to build your brand? I would have no problems if the Bullet Club went to WWE. Granted, they would have to have some assurances that their characters would not get fucked up, like no. WWE has done to some great talents no. like Gallows and Anderson and the likes of Bobby Roode. You just don't want the likes of the Bullet Club to be fodder for the Shield or other other groups that are from the WWE because that's what they tend to do is they tend to take great gimmicks and they turn them into shit when they mm. get to the WWE. So they definitely would have to have some assurances that they'd get over, that they'd have an opportunity to fight, you know, in big matches and get over. So that would be the biggest hurdle, but I'd have no problem. And I'd love to see it because there'd be so many great opportunities to see what would happen if the Bullet Club shows up in WWE. Out. But there right. While you're playing the next one, no, it's good to know that people are like, hey, we understand that you want to go where the money goes. Like people understand that us wrestlers have families and stuff and we have to support them. So that's would, that, that's great that people can see that. Now, New Japan owns the Bullet Club name. Would it be the same yeah. if they came back? It, it, this is just throwing this out here to you. Would it be the same or would it be stupid if they came back as the NWO? No, you can't have them as the NWO. And, that, and that's the thing. Since they own the Bullet Club name, like, and that's why guys They'd like be the club. Finn and AJ and like uh, Anderson and Gallows, like, they're just the club or whatever. And it's not the same. And they, you know, and to be honest, WWE never really like really did anything with it like hey let's get this club formed and have them feud with you know like they're supposed to like that like it's it's been designed to feud like in in uh new japan uh they didn't do that they just kind of like okay yeah yeah we know that you guys know that they're in the club okay let's do a couple weeks of tv and then uh we're done so yeah i, I like what the fans are saying like hey we don't blame you if you're going towards the money and 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 you know, showcase it, showcasing your craft uh, where it should be showcased. Um, but, and everybody was like, but, that's what all the fans were saying. Like, but, you know, we don't want to see this happening and this happening and this happening. I, I get it. I'm the same way. Like, go where the money is. And, but the thing is, when you go where the money is, you, you're going to be subject to doing things that the writers are going to make you do. No ands or buts. Like you're just gonna have to do it. All right, let's. We've got one more call uh, base from last week. We didn't get to, and then I will have one more question before we get to Chris Saban and porn star or wrestler. Porn star wrestler. Nice. Would the bullet? Oh, that's the same one. Hey. Okay. Here we go. Here it is. Hey yo, it's your boy Vanilla Midget. Hey, Petey, what's your best Scott Steiner story? I wish I could tell you I made that phone call up, but that's real. <laughs> you know, Dennis, I don't want to tell you. I mean, I've already told it many times in the podcast. Can we skip that one? I mean, can I get a mulligan on this one? I just, you know, I mean, I've told so many Scott Storm, Steiner stories on this this podcast. When are we um, getting, wait, when are we getting Scott Steiner on this podcast? You know... <sighs> I don't even know if he has a phone for real. Um, <laughs> How do people get in I contact do, with him? Like messenger pigeon? Uh, yeah, no, you know, yeah, mes- messenger pigeon, uh, smoke signals back in the day, um, all, all that kind of stuff. So, um, dude, I don't know. I mean, 
Uh, you know, we talk about Steiner so much on this podcast that I feel if we have him on the podcast, it'll be like, eh, eh. I'm like, just let, just let me tell my stories. I mean, you know, um, but man, I miss him. You know, when are our next TV tapings are in Vegas? Mm-hmm. Oh, man, I got to call Sanjay to see if we get Steiner on those TV oh, tapings. Oh, my gosh. Oh, man. Oh, Whoever that last call was, thank you, because that just, like, you know, rang a light bulb in my head. So I got to get Steiner on the next set of tapings. All right. And finally, I want to wrap this up by talking about uh, impact in the alley storyline that's going on right now, PD. Uh, Okay. And and you may think I'm going one way with this. And I want you to tell me when I'm done with my thought if this is what you thought I was going to talk about, okay? Okay. First of all, I want to say... This might be the most amazing booking Impact has done ever. We all sit there and complain in this time of 24-hour news cycles. Why don't we see longer storylines? Storylines that take six, eight, nine months. And due to circumstances outside of Impact, they've stretched this alley storyline out into almost a year-long storyline that is still continuing, still at the top of its it, its creativeness right now. And it shows that long storylines in today's wrestling world can still work. And to me, I, Impact deserves a huge amount of credit on this. I, I think this might be the biggest thing they need credit on to show them that this is what fans want. They want longer storylines. They want storylines like old school WWE where, you know, you're you're on one track. Some guy pops in for five seconds, dips out. Then you go back in, but you're still on one thing. And then, you know, a year later, it all comes together. And this is what's going on right now with Ali. And, you know, whether you like the Dark Mystic stuff or you don't, it's the length of the storyline, the story being told and drawn out over such this long period of time. And I'll say this, and it's going to sound horrible. And and if Rosemary ever listens to this, I'll apologize to her. But not, maybe not for her, but for this storyline in the company, her injury might have been the greatest thing ever because it's opened so many eyes to what a real wrestling storyline can be, PD. Yeah, no, and I agree. And I don't know how this is all going to play out. Um, and I, I know don't want to know. They had the Sue Young thing. What? Go ahead. And I don't want to know because, like I said, you've got Allie. Then you have Sue Young, and then Allie goes over here. It comes back to Sue Young, and then Tessa Blanchard. But you still have this whole Sue Young thing, which still has to do with Rosemary, and it's this ongoing storyline with so many ebbs and flows, and it's all connected. Yeah, and I'll, I'll give you like, hey, we have to give credit where credit's due. Like guys like Sanjay. And Jimmy Jacobs, like, they understand wrestling booking. They know what we're looking at. Like, hey, all right, Rosemary's injured for a year. Okay, we can start doing promos with her at, you know, this and this time and all that kind of stuff. So you're like, okay, all right, we got to get the belt off her. And then eventually we're going to get back to Sue and Rosemary and all that kind of stuff. So you kind of do like, you know, kind of pit stops along the way. But eventually, you know, now Tessa's gone with the belt. She's going to be challenging whoever we just saw, you know, uh, challenge Taya and all that kind of stuff. Now it's like, hey, at Bound for Glory, you saw, hey, Rosemary sticking up for Allie. And you got Sue Young involved. And we're going to go back full circle 
from last, I don't know, what, April, I think mm-hmm. it was, uh, January, April, where, okay, um, who was it? Uh, Sue Young put Rosemary in the coffin. Now we're going to be able to get back, back full circle back a year later, like you said, Dennis, and we can finish that storyline. So that's, that, that's great. That's, that's great booking on their part. Um, and I'm excited to see what happens. I mean, I, and I think I said this in the last podcast where I'm watching this, you know, 10 minute, like, uh, Allie going to the undead realm and I, I didn't know what was going to happen. You know, I, I'm sitting there waiting for the main event match at bound for glory and I'm just watching it in the truck and I see, okay. Um, Sue young got an ax mm-hmm. in the neck. I'm like, okay, that's 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 not really my cup of tea, but whatever. And then, boom, Rosemary shows up. And I'm like, wow. I'm like, I didn't see that coming. I didn't know that was coming. I'm like, I didn't know Rosemary was already getting written back in the storyline since it's already been like eight months. I'm like, okay, this is great. And I'm like, okay, I see where this is going. I'm like, Sue Young, Rosemary, Allie's involved. I'm like, this is great. So this is this is like you said, like, we did a year storyline. We went full circle and now we're back at where we started. And this is like the old territory days. I'm like, this is, this is intriguing to me and I'm excited to see what happens next. If impact is smart and maybe I'm talking to the right person to get this done. If impact is smart right now, if I was impact producers and editors, I would start putting together a, a highlight package of the last year to get people caught up on past episodes to let them know that this storyline has gone on a year now. And I would put that over Twitter, Facebook, Twitch, this thing. It, and this can change the way stories are written. And hopefully you will take whatever I'm saying back to the booking team and let them know that, the, you know, this this long period of time story writing telling is is much needed. It's welcome. It's a it's a breath of fresh air in the wrestling yep. industry, I, and I hope they do more with it. And now, not every single storyline needs to be a year long, but give me at least one you know A or one B storyline that lasts a year, and it doesn't have to start out a year long, but it needs to be done. This change needs to happen in wrestling where. This is how storylines, this is how storylines become memorable and iconic is because it's drawn out. You you look at WWE right now, and this isn't a shot to them because I get the attention span and, and you're always having to put out something new. But right now, you could have had so many iconic storylines if you stretched them out and made them memorable. Unfortunately, you took a storyline that could last a year you shrink it down to four weeks and it's over and it gets lost in, in, in the weekly panels of, of raw. And that makes me sad. This, this needs to be a change. Well, here's the thing. This was an injury storyline. Like Rosemary, like was out for like a year with an ACL tear. So you had, you had no choice, but to prolong this, this angle. So it's like, okay. And I don't know if they thought about this like back last April. It's like, Hey, we're going to put her in a casket. There's going to be some sort of like uh, undead, undead realm or whatever, the other side, whatever they call it. 
and then she's going to show up eventually. I don't know if they, they, they thought of that beforehand or if they just like kind of, you know, like stumbled upon it. But yeah, I, I don't think you could do every storyline like this because you, you can't, but you, you, know, you no, you can't, you can but start this, doing this was some. a perfect one. I mean, with injury angles, I think when you write, and this should be a preface to like anybody that has an angle, like a, sorry, an injury that gets written off TV. This is what, how you could kind of do it. I think this is how you should do it. It's like, Hey, you know, you get buried in a casket. Okay. Done. And then guess what? Eight months later, you play this casket angle and all that kind of stuff. And then, Oh, there's an undead realm. Well, oh, man, that's where she went. It's Rosemary. Like, that's great. That's what they need to start thinking about when people are injured and what they were, what they should do when they come back from injury. But even just outside that, even if you wrote one storyline that lasts a year, every year, and it and it doesn't have to be a major storyline. Like uh, I, I'm trying to think of of something, and you know this has lasted based on the way you guys have structured your shows. But you look at the way. That the Katrina, uh, the Grado, and the yep. uh, Joe Henry has played out. Now, this is a storyline yep. that we're, what are we, four months in, five months in, it feels like? Yeah. If not longer. I mean. But but it works. Yeah. And these kind of storylines, whether it's four months, six months, or a year, they need you impact can change the way wrestling is by continuing to do these longer storylines for, for that many months, not four weeks. Yeah. And, and that's what we're trying to do. I mean, you have to remember we have a, a two hour show that's once a week and we have four to five pay-per-views a year. That, that's different than WWE. WWE has so much content. They have, you know, two shoot, two shows a week. They have uh, a pay per view every month. All this kind of stuff. They kind of rush through the storylines, and they have like a a roster that's you know extensive. And then they have NXT guys waiting to come up and stuff like that. Well, you know, in 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 NXT or I'm sorry, in Impact, we have you know a limited amount of you know guys that are in contract and all that kind of stuff. And we have a limited amount of pay per views, and we have TV once a week. I mean. And the way we write TVs is, you know, we're pretty much writing uh, once a month, pretty much. And that's what we're going to do. We're going to write for a month and then see what happens and write for the next month and see what happens right for the next month. So we can prolong these things longer to build towards our pay-per-view. We don't, have, we don't like, I mean, our next pay-per-view is not till January. So everything's going to get built until what is it right now? October? Mm-hmm. You know, we have another three months till our next pay-per-view. We're going to build slowly till our next pay-per-view. And hopefully that's like, you know, the big hit. Like that's what we do when we write. We're like, you know, homecoming as our, you know, January pay-per-view. It's like all our big matches are going to be in January. Whereas WWE, all their big matches are going to be towards, I don't know, Survivor Series. And they have to build towards Royal Rumble. I mean, we just do it different and hopefully, you know, fans are enjoying the way with that. We're building towards those pay-per-views. All right, PD, let's, uh, let's wrap this portion of the show up. Don't forget the show's not over yet. We still have, a, wow. We still have a ton more content on this marathon podcast, Pete. This is a marathon podcast. I'm going to stop talking because we have so much more. All right. Uh, don't forget, we have the interview coming up with Chris Sabin. We have uh, 
with Mrs. Destroyer, we have porn star wrestler coming up. PD, anything to promote? Um, I don't have anything to promote except for Blue Chew. Take it. It's good. That, oh, that's right. Blue Chew. Go to bluechew.com. Use the promo code Ellsworth. $5. If you like the podcast and you don't need Blue Chew, we don't care. Just use the promo code. Spend the $5. It helps the podcast out. You can give it to your friends. You could keep it. Uh, you know, hey, look, if you're a woman and you're a wrestling fan and your boyfriend may be lacking, is not quite a main eventer. Hey, now you can elevate him. No longer let him be the curtain jerker. He can be a main eventer now, Pete. Or you can be the curtain jerker and then do the Iron Man match all the way into the main event. That's right. In the clean finish in the middle of the ring. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Hey, listen, if you love this podcast... Just go to WrestlingPerspectivePodcast.com. If you listen on iTunes, please make sure you subscribe, rate five stars, leave a comment. Let us know you're listening. Uh, we're everywhere you want to be on podcast-wise. Uh, follow Pedia, IPD Williams on Twitter. You can follow me, Dennis77Farrell, F-A-R-R-E-L-L. We have a Facebook page that's totally interactive. Uh, thank you guys so much for supporting this podcast. Right now we're sitting at number five overall on iTunes for sports and recreation. That's higher than something to Ooh. wrestle with. Yeah. Higher wow. than something to wrestle with or any other podcast. So continue showing us the love and we'll do what we can to continue to show you guys that we support you and listen to your voice. So that's this week's wrestling perspective. Enjoy the interviews guys. Say bye Pete. Bye guys. All right, PD, we are back here in the hottest room ever doing a podcast. Is it the hottest room because I'm in it or you're in it or our guest is in it? Dude, listen, I was sweating up a storm. I easily lost 10 pounds. I'm still fat in this room. Mm-hmm. But uh, let's let's get on with this interview. We have a few minutes. Who did you bring to the wrestling perspective? Well, this is probably like one of my, I would say, I'm, I'm excited the most about this guest because he's probably one of my best friends in wrestling. Um, I remember having, uh, well, the first time I retired, my last match with him, um, my good friend, Chris Saban. Chris, what's going on, buddy? Hi, how are you guys? It's a pleasure to be here. Thanks. So, uh, Pete, let me jump in because normally you do. I was sitting out there watching you guys put this match together, and I've seen you one other time at another show, Ring of Honor show, and it seemed like you had a little twinkle in your eye being back in the ring, talking with PD. You guys had a couple... Great moments here at uh, the 25th anniversary show. What's it like being able to hang out in the ring again with a, a TNA alumni and a guy you came up in the industry with, Petey? Uh, it's really cool because, like Petey said before, him and I are really good friends. Uh, yeah, easily one of my best friends in the business for sure. Someone who I've always gotten along. I don't think we've ever had any like like beef between us ever. I think we had one little fight, but it was squash within. It was it was ridiculous. Was it? I don't even remember that. Um, do you remember what it was? <laughs> no, but I remember you know, it's all it's probably all in good fun. Um, Wait, do you remember? No, no. Oh, okay. I had no idea. I just remember saying, "What the f, dude?" and I'm like, "But that's that's just that's already squashed." Um, what, what was it? Come on, Pete. You I'm know. Curious. No, now let, let's keep going with this. And if I think about it when we're talking, I'll I'll definitely bring it up. All right. So, well, yeah, Pete and I have had, had many great moments together. Even back in the day in TNA, um, I remember 
what was it the third pay-per-view we ever did from Orlando him and I had a great match no it was the second second and then we had the third was the the ultimate X match with you you and myself and AJ so just a lot of great memories uh, with Petey you know him and I had traveled the road together many many times and you know it's it's great it's really cool to be back here with him so what I want to ask you Chris is that uh, another guy that we used to travel with a lot uh, back in the Impact and TNA days Alex Shelley um, our good friend as well um, you know, one half of the Motor City Machine Guns. So I, I wasn't privy to wrestling when you guys were – I was retired when you guys were doing all the Ring of Honor stuff and all that. And then all of a sudden it seemed like uh, um, out of the blue on social media it was just like, hey, I'm done. I'm, I'm retired. So, like, tell me about that. Like, re- did you have a heads up on it? Did you kind of know it was coming or was it – were you just a surprise of everybody else? I did. I, I knew that it was going to happen ahead of time. He kept me – you know, informed about everything that he was going to school full time. Uh, even that whole uh, thing, pretty much since we reformed the Motor City Machine Guns in Ring of Honor, he was going to school that entire time. Mm-hmm. So I knew eventually it was going to happen, and uh, he had an internship where he was going to, you know, work full time at a at a um, physical therapist's office. So yeah, I knew it was coming. Um, but I think he'll be back. I don't think it's a permanent retirement. I think this is just, he's, you know, he wants to pursue other things outside of wrestling. But, you know, wrestling, once wrestling is in your blood, it's in your blood forever. And I think he'll be back. I know one guy who retired and came back. Yeah. Um, I Since we're on this topic, I think he'll be back. I did reach out to him. I was looking, uh, I don't want to give anything away. Well, it's, I mean, it's no surprise. I'm not wrestling anybody at Bound for Glory. But I was looking for an opponent, knowing Chris Saban, obviously my first choice. But I'm like... You know, different, you know, TV, different contracts and stuff. So I'm like, hey, I wonder if Alex Shelley would do it. And Sanjay was like, no, he, he's not going to do it. He's retired. I'm like, but if I ask him, <laughs> I think he'll do it. And then he gave me the whole, uh, you know, respectfully decline. I can't go into school, that kind of thing. Um, so I know he's not ready yet, but I think eventually, I think like everybody else, he'll come back. What does a retirement do for your career trajectory? Uh, it just sets me on a different path, really. It's a, it's like a whole new journey. You know, now I'm on my own. I don't have uh, anyone else to worry about or rely on. Uh, so you know, it's just it's 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 a new thing. It's a new path. It's it's something exciting. And uh, you know, I can now now I can only worry about myself creatively. You know, when, when you're in a tag team, it's always fifty fifty. You you know, you and the other guy have to agree on everything. And now it's just me. So I can just you know, if I want to do something, I can just do it. I don't have to clear it with anyone. Let, let's switch gears here, and I I love talking to people and ask them about the the rebirth of Impact Wrestling. You were around during some good years and during some bad years. PD and I we we poke fun at it a lot on this podca- podcast. For you on the outside looking in now, and you're kind of here at a BCW show, which is kind of put on by Impact, but not really. What what are your views as a alum looking out and seeing the changes they've made in the industry? Well, first of all, I just want to point out to the viewers at home that PD just took his shirt off. <laughs> it's so hot now up here. It is it is very How do you hot. Think I but... feel I'm in the button up. <laughs> Go ahead, take but, it off. Uh, save it. Take it off. <laughs> I'm going to take my pants off. Um, but <laughs> Me no, I, too. I'm really happy to see that the company is uh, on a, on a, a a different path, a better one than it was a couple of years ago. Um, you know, I put in a lot of work there. I put 11 years worth of uh, my life there and work, you know, um, and I believed in it. And unfortunately, I was really sad to see the direction that the company had gone, uh, which is part of the reason why I left. It just, you know, it didn't fit me anymore. Um, so I'm, I'm glad to see that uh, it's it's completely changed. They have like, you know, a, a new roster of great talent and uh, it seems like things are moving towards the right direction. 
which is very good. Very good for the business and very good for the boys. So, uh, Sabin, Dennis always asks me this, and it seems like he asks me it like once a month, all right? He always asks like, hey, Petey, you know, Impact Ring of Honor, you got the Jericho Cruise coming up and all that kind of stuff. And, and I don't know these answers. I'm sure you don't know these answers, but um, he's like, like, what do you think their work, working relationship would be like? Do you ever think like you'd see like Ring of Honor talent be on Impact TV, Impact talent be on Ring of Honor TV, so on and so forth? And I'm like... I, I really don't know. I, I, I'm pretty sure Impact's open to it, um, but I'm not really sure. Like, what, what's your take on all this? Well, you never know. I mean, if yeah. you look at the Jericho Cruise, uh, it's, you know, it's Impact guys against Ring of Honor guys. And just a couple months ago, Austin Aries was on a you know couple of Ring of Honor shows mm-hmm. with uh, the Impact title and everything. And he's, a, he's an Impact guy. So, uh, yeah, you know, you never know. It just depends. You know, I... You know, the, the business is weird, and mm-hmm. sometimes people want to work together. Sometimes they don't. So you never know. But o- overall, I think it would be good for the business as a whole. It's selfishly, I want to see it happen because yeah. then I get, like, you back and, like, uh, Jay Lethal. All, you know, all the guys that, you know, and it's, like, full circle. But that's a selfish reason. I know it's, it's yeah. not a business reason. That's just me wanting my friends back. In, in wrapping this up, because I know you guys are busy, let me ask about your career path. What have you not accomplished that you want to – now you're happy you're under contract and this isn't a fair question i know but do you do you see yourself maybe coming back home to retire you know now that i don't know have you spent just as many years in ring of honor now as impact is that kind of that is your home now but what the future i know you can't predict but what's what's in it for saban you know I, it's really hard to say i, I know it's I, a bad question i don't know i i, I really hope I, really, my goal is just to be able to retire off wrestling. Um, I feel pretty good. You know, I take pretty good care of myself. And, you do? Uh, I hope that I can wrestle for at least 10 more years. I, I'm hoping I can wrestle until I'm about 50. If I can wrestle until I'm 50, I'll be happy. Uh, as far as titles and all that stuff go, you know, I, I grew out of that a while ago. I know that um, I just I just want to wrestle and I want to help others. That's that's really what it's about. You know, at some point, you got to stop being selfish and just realize – you know, because everyone in the business is selfish. Everyone want, is out for their own means. Everyone wants to be the champion, and they want titles, and they're just, you know, marks for themselves. But at some point, you just got to realize, look, man, uh, if you can make a living doing what you love to do, that's like, what could be better than that? And entertain people at the same time, you know. So it's like, you know, just got to live a selfless life. That's 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 really. And if I can retire off wrestling, I'll be happy. PD, anything else before we send your friend home? Oh. Um. Send him home. You mean in yeah. the ring with me as my tag team partner tonight? And, yeah. And then, <laughs> and then he goes his own way, and you go your own way, and your two ships passing in the night. And he, you know, he's successful, and you're still Petey Williams doing a podcast. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, I, I, I don't have anything. Uh, Sabin, uh, you know, where can people find you on social media and all that kind of stuff? Uh, I only have Twitter. That's the only social media that I have. Um, at Super Chris Sabin is my tag, and. And it's super hilarious. Have, have you it. replaced PD in a band or anything either? No, no. We, the, the High Crusade hasn't gotten together in quite a while, unfortunately. We were just asked that the other night yeah. on the podcast. It would, would be sweet to jam again, or at least release that on that second album that no one ever got to listen to. So. He actually sent me the tracks to it, uh, and I got them. I, I need to send them to you. They're awesome. Yeah. I love them. Yeah. Nah, blow the dust on them. Sabin, thank you so much for stopping by. Thank you. All right, PD, we've teased this. All show long. We wiped the dust off my favorite bit we've ever done on this podcast. For all the new listeners out there, we did a... a, a it started out as... Uh, is Name that wrestler where we would bring your wife on. You would show her a picture mm-hmm. of a wrestler. And she would 
you know, guess that wrestler's name, which we need to go back to that because that was great. Then we played wrestler or porn star. We loved it. Now, your wife was a little hesitant, like, ah, I don't know if the fans like me. We were out at a wrestling show, and one of the our fans of the podcast was standing behind her, had no clue who your wife was. And we had just done another, I think it was the first or second we had just released it. And I said, so what do you think about this skit to the fan? She's standing there. I know she heard me because she acknowledged me and said she heard me. She, He goes, I loved it. I thought it was funny. I thought it was hilarious. I looked at her. She just kind of shrugged her shoulders like, wow, people like me. So we're bringing it back, Petey. <laughs> um. So I don't know. I don't know. What we have planned uh, for tonight, Dennis. But uh, usually, I introduce all the guests. So this one, you know, I could say this is probably my favorite guest <laughs> that we've ever had on. He has to say that. <laughs> yes, by law. Uh, but yeah, uh, Mrs. Destroyer, my wife. Um, say hi. Hello, everybody. I'm so thrilled to be back, and thank you so much to that so, one fan for the validation in life. So, Dennis, should we, since we have a, a whole like plethora of new fans, just let me let it be known that my wife does not watch wrestling. Okay, Nothing. so for those that are listening, she does not watch wrestling. Um, you know, she'll she'll humor me and watch it with me occasionally and stuff. But uh, rarely, ra- very rarely. Um, so never. You know, I, I'll prove it to you right now. Um, who is the uh, Impact World Champion right now? I have no idea. Okay, just... there, there you go. So, uh, Mrs. Destroyer, neither does thousands of other wrestling fans. So you're okay. Well, okay. how about like um, who is the WWE World Champion? Uh, John Cena, obviously <laughs> is. So John Cena is obviously the only person that she knows. Right. And now he's on the Today Show. So, I mean, <laughs> I get my fill there. That's it. All right. That's by, where we're at. By the way. She... Uh, and, and obviously, you know, and I don't get to tell her she's wrong too much. So, obviously, she's wrong. Ever. Ever. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Well, let's, you, you want to you do this, Dennis? I guess so. Uh, I'm ready. And by the way, she had texted me and told me you're not even her fifth favorite podcaster. So, <laughs> yeah, you think Love she listens? You think she listens to podcasts? Oh, she loves oh, me and James Ellsworth. Loves it. She yeah, is no, that's a, we, the only one she listens. to. That's the only uh, one she listens who? to. Me, yeah, <laughs> James. You know, you the blue chew. No, anyways, um, <laughs> just go along yeah, with it. One. All right. Okay. We're, we're, we'll, we'll start easy for us. Tee-hee-hee. So what we're, game are we playing, Dennis? We're playing, yeah, wrestle- what game are we playing? we're playing wrestler or porn star, and it's the simplified version where I'm just going to read you a name, and you tell me if you think he's a wrestler or a porn star. All right. Uh, did you put she, like females in there as well? I, I hope so. Wow. You act like I've never done this bit before. Okay, Dennis. All right. Let, let's go. Number one. Are are you? Do you want to do this? I don't know if I'll be able to guess them, but um. All right, let's go. Number one. Are you one. asking me or, or her? Yeah, let's hear if Pete can guess if it's a porn star or a wrestler. I'm sure. I'm curious to know at this point. I'm sure he will because some of these are softballs. But okay, okay, softballs, wrestler, <laughs> yeah. porn star. Anyways, go on. Uh, Michael P.S. Hayes. Oh. Michael P.S. Hayes. Uh, 
I don't know. Last time I watched porn or wrestling, I'm going to, that sounds like a pretty normal-esque name. I'm going to say wrestler on that one because I I feel like unless the PS is for like. Uh, 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 Censor. (laughs) No, no, I'll keep it PG, but unless it's it's something mind-boggling here, I'm going to say wrestler. It is a wrestler. Wow. It wow, is. Yeah. Okay. All right. Bo- something. Bobo Brazil. Oh, Bobo Brazil? Yep. I think. Okay, so I'm thinking Brazil, Brazilian wax, uh, porn star. Wrestler. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh my God. so, Dennis, just so you know, right? Mm-hmm. Her grandfather will, will talk to me about back in the day, Bobo Brazil, all this kind of right in front of her. And. Phew, Right over her head, right? This doesn't put two and two together. Nope. Straight up with Brazilian wax porn star. Yeah, Bobo Brazil. What about the Bobo part? Bobo part. Whatever. Yeah, and that I was just going with whatever. But Brazilian wax is what I was thinking. And Dennis, this is a little bit different than we did before because we had uh, two names. And you had to guess which one was the adult film star and which one was the wrestler. Exactly. uh, I would say this is a little bit tougher. So this is good. All right. All right. The next name, Scarlet Flow. Scarlet Flow. All right. Oh, this one. I mean, you could go in so many angles with this one again. Scarlet. What, what, what are you thinking? Think out loud. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. Are you thinking of the flow or the yes, scarlet? I'm thinking like ant flow, so porn star, like as in time of the month kind of deal. But then I'm thinking scarlet. Uh, could be a wrestler. So uh, th- I'm I'm going with porn star on this one. My heart <laughs> is telling me full porn star all the way. Correct. Her heart is telling her porn star. Correct. Yes. Are you keeping track, it. Dennis? No, not at all. Okay, two, 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 and one right now. It seems like. I mean, I'm killing it. Yeah. Go on. Next. The next name, Big John Stud. I thought you were going to say Cena. I got so excited that I was going to nail it. No pun intended on the porn star thing. Um, Big John Stud. I mean, that's, to me, screams Magic Mike porn star all day long. Go. Wrestler. Oh! Didn't see that coming. Ladies wrestler. Again, no pun intended. But that was funny. That That was funny. Right. Evan Stone. John Stud. Evan right. Evan Stone. What? Say that again. Evan Stone. Evan Stone. Evan Stone. Okay. Evan Stone. And oh, so they always say that your porn name is your first pet, followed by what street you lived on. So Evan doesn't and sound like a pet name. No. No. Stone Street? Stone, Stone like, Road? Oh, Stone is hard. Evan, not so much. I'm going to go with uh, Wrestler on this one. Porn star. Mm. It's porn star. Fail. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Okay. How about <laughs> August Ames? August Ames. August <laughs> Do you only aim in yeah, August, or does it, oh? 
Well, if you're my this wife, month, yes. What? Nothing. <laughs> I mean, this is where my mind goes with these things because no, that's why we want to hear it. These, these are, these aren't real names in wrestling or porn, is what I'm thinking. Like, who comes up with this? So, this August Ames, I'm gonna throw it out there. That's gonna be a porn star. It is a porn star. I yeah. mean, good for you, Amer, Mister right. Amer. It's a female. It's real. Oh well. <laughs> I guess. Amer. Well then. How Sorry. about it's Ames, not even Amer. Well, whatever. How about Whitney Westgate? Whitney Westgate. Okay, now this is where the the pet name and the street name come into play That's for your porn star good. because there's logic behind Whitney, this, Dennis. I know Whitney. I would name. I could see like um maybe a Labradoodle. No, don't don't mess it up. I love Labradoodles. Yeah. Like uh uh, what's the Lassie dog? A border or uh, is it a border collie or a yeah yeah collie. yeah that yeah. one? I could see that being called a Whitney. Like that would I would name that dog Whitney. And what was the last part? West Gate Westgate. West, oh, Westgate. Westgate. Yeah, that's definitely street porn star. Yes, porn star. Correct. <laughs> Yes. Porn star name 101. And it's a female. <laughs> Brian Kendrick. Just in case anybody was wondering. Are, are you ready for the next one? Yep, I'm ready. Brian Kendrick. Brian Kendrick. Oh, oh Brian. So could go either way. But I feel like it's not like Big Brian. Or like Mighty Brian. So I'm that one I'm gonna say wrestler. It is. <laughs> wrestler. Alright. Alright. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw you a curveball. Are you ready? Um no, I'm not, but go <laughs> ahead anyway. A wrestler that did <clears throat> porn? No, no. <laughs> we did we did that one already. <laughs> okay. The name Gorilla Monsoon. Mm. Alright, this is a setup. <laughs> <laughs> This whole thing is a setup. What do you mean this one name? Gorilla Monsoon. I mean, I kind of feel like either way that I answer right now, I I just, oh. You know, there's so many visuals that come to mind when I think porn star right away. Is it the first name or the last name? It's a combo of both. The first name one, or the wrestler, though, could be, like, a death match that I don't want to get involved in. But I also don't want to get involved if it's a porn star, either. I'm going to go Gorilla Monsoon. That's, I'm just going to throw it out there, porn star. (laughs) Oh, Wrestler. It's, yeah, it's a wrestler. And the, and the big thing with that is... Mr. Monsoon, if you're listening, I'm so sorry. Okay, I was going to tell He's you dead. he was deceased, so you weren't talking to a dead oh. person. Um, so, yeah, and there's a whole gorilla <laughs> position, and I, that sounds like a porn position as well. But uh, <laughs> you have the gorilla area in wrestling. and There's okay. no clarification here. Okay, next! Yeah, good call. So you had Dennis or is there more? No, I got a couple more. I've got a oh, couple okay, more. Okay. I I, save that big one for last. I tell you what, I I can keep going. It, when you get tired of playing, you just say, <laughs> "I'm done." Are you ready? Finished. Hornswoggle. <laughs> finished. <laughs> she she just finished. All right. Hornswoggle. 
Dennis, are you using Urban Dictionary or is this like for real? It, it is for real. Hornswoggle. Hornswoggle. Oh my gosh. I mean, swoggle, swallow. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this, oh gosh, this is so unfortunate. I mean, if this is a wrestler name, like I said, I just feel like who in the who in the stands is cheering horn, horn, horn? Maybe they're chanting swoggle, swoggle. Yeah, that, that. either way. Oh, that's a porn star. <laughs> wrestler. It's the wrestler. Now, let, let me ask you this. What do you think horn swoggle looks like? Oh. You know, I mean, give me like, uh, you know, like, like hair color, height, weight, all that kind of stuff. Okay, so he's definitely uh, 6'2", about a solid 280, Mm -hmm. maybe a little bigger. Okay. Uh, Kind of out of shape, no offense, wears a Viking hat and um, some sort of like loincloth. Okay, almost. He's a a little person. (laughs) Um, And he, he plays like that of a leprechaun. Hornswoggle. <laughs> I was seriously so, thinking biking, like two horns yeah. biking. Okay. Okay. Um, very on. good. Yeah. Uh, how about Clint Oris? Clint Oris. Well, <laughs> Dennis, I wish you could see my face right now. I wish you could see it too, Dennis. I just. I'm seriously stumped by these. <laughs> yeah, me too. I refuse to. I've refused to brush up on the topic of either one, whether it be wrestler or a porn star. Nor should you, by so, the way. Thank you, thank you very much, um, Clint. What was the last name again? Oris. <laughs> Oris sounds like Orphis. <laughs> I'm going porn star all the way. Final answer. Good. It is. is I'm thinking like yeah, (laughs) Clint Doris. Yeah, Clint Doris. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. Okay, I was thinking that with the first name, and then the last name I was thinking Orphis, and it just yeah, the big. You can see where I was going with that. Yes, it is a porn star. Here we go. Here's another one, Mister Ass Billy Gunn. I'm sorry. What was the first name? Mister Ass Billy Gunn. Mister Ass. No. S- What'd you say? Mr. Ass. Mr. Ass. Ass. A-S-S. Mr. Ass. Oh, I... Billy Gunn. Okay. I didn't think you could say that. All right. That's why I thought I heard Mr. S. All right. Mr. Ass. Billy Gunn. I mean, it to me, says it in the name. Brokeback Mountain. Billy Ass. Billy... Or Mr. Ass. Mr. Ass or Billy Ass? It's Mr. <laughs> <laughs> Porn star. <laughs> she just gives up porn star. Oh. Wrestler. Yeah, it's a wrestler. Okay. <laughs> if you say so. Billy Gunn. We'll he do goes two. by Billy Gunn? Yeah. Oh, it still sounds like a porn star. Still would have got it wrong. <laughs> two more. We'll do two more and, and, and then okay. we'll get free. Destiny okay. Dixon. Oh. Destiny. Let me tell you, <laughs> might have met a few girls up on a pole named Destiny. Haven't we and all? And Dixon, I'm not saying by experience. I'm saying outside in what I do 
in a career wise, there might have been some destinies that I ran into who maybe had some some daddy issues and followed by Dixon. Dixon Cider. Cider. <laughs> uh I'm going with porn star all the way. It is a all porn right. star. It is yeah. It, what? It is a porn star, yes. Okay. Yep. And the last one. Riley Steele. All right, let's go. Let's make it a win. Riley Steele. Riley Steele. Is this a girl? Yeah, it is a girl. It is a girl. Let me clarify. Yeah. Riley Steele. Steele. Steele Hart. Steele. Whatever. Riley. Oh. Such an easy name that it, it sounds like a porn star. Is that your guess? Yeah, I'm final answer. Porn yes, star. it is a porn star. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you're welcome. There's the, there's the clapping. There's the clap. I'm gonna give myself a slow clap here. Okay, you, you did great. It was a thank yeah. You. Thank you is, so much. Really good. All well, right, except you, for the horn swoggle one. <laughs> well. <laughs> But other than that, do you blame me though? Don't tell me that it wasn't going through somebody else's head. That's why we threw. That's why I picked that name. I picked the most in this in this way kind of ambiguous name where you don't know where it's going to go. That was how I picked these names. No, most of these I actually I'm not going to lie. All of these names I did not know, so I feel pretty confident and happy with my answers. And I would be happy to come back on the show and, you know, talk my way through thoughts on other things as far as wrestling goes. But I got to say, not that educated on the sport. Wait, Wait what I love about it? Do you call it, it a sport? <laughs> it's entertainment. <laughs> um, is it sport? Is it yeah. acting? Entertainment? A uh, little. All of the above. Yeah. Okay. You, um, wait, wait. Hang on. Prom- promise me one What's thing. That? Whenever Pete leaves to go wrestle, can you just say, hey, have fun playing make-believe from here on out? <laughs> she does, though. What do you mean start doing it? kind of do. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, and, you know, w- what I love about it is when we give these names like a hornswoggle, where, you know, people listening at home, they know who hornswoggle is. But when she puts like the... The, the the porn star adult film spin on it, it makes you think like, oh my goodness, I, I've never thought of that name like that before. So uh, that's what's great about this as well. I had so much fun at Mrs. Destroyer. <laughs> yeah, this is great. It's it's great. This is <laughs> we don't have a lot of comedy on this show. Well, so <laughs> I'm I'm glad I could bring it to the table. <laughs> well I'm glad we finally have thing. someone funny on the show. <laughs> well, so glad to be your guest for the, tonight, guys. Yeah, no problem. Hey, where can people follow you? No, I'm, I'm joking. <laughs> that, that's um, how we wrap up most interviews. Say at the end of, but thank you so Here's much. Here's the for... best part. I don't have social media. <laughs> You're so lucky. Uh, that's how much I care about this. Yep. Social media, non-existent. <laughs> um, but she'll retweet this anyways. <laughs> Listen, on, on I your... don't do any twatting, tweeting, Twitter tweets with the birds there's no birds all right there we go pete uh why don't you tell your get send your wife on her way well yeah thank you for joining us today on the wrestling perspective podcast 
Um, we'd love to have you back sometime. That's uh, great, guys. I'm going to go <laughs> okay. do some interior design stuff. All right. I tried, Dennis. Okay. Good night.